0: This is a crowd podcast. From the makers of Death of a Rock Star and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death of a Film Star, Episode 3 Chadwick Boseman. We're on a film set, props being wheeled around, cameras on booms, on tracks, people everywhere, noise and lights shouts and bursts of clapping. There's a movie star here, a proper star. The sort people stop and stare at, even the insiders. Tall, built, cheekbones and lean muscle. He's just had a huge hit, something that's changed Hollywood forever. That's changing the world outside Hollywood too. And here's the deal with movie stars. You get to know everything about them. What they eat, what they wear, what they make, who they're making it with, loves and affairs and betrayals. This guy, he's different. There's stuff you know about Chadwick Boseman what he's done in Black Panther, how good he's been in the Marvel films before and after, how good he was as James Brown in one biopic, as baseball hero Jackie Robinson in another, as Judge Thurgood Marshall in his most recent. He's different for the roles he plays, different for what he does with them, but different too for all the stuff you don't know. You don't know who he's been dating. You don't know he's got married because it's all been done in secret. Hey, how are you? Good. Good. I loved your movies. Maybe you know he's been visiting a hospital for kids with cancer. <laughs> bringing along his costume from those Avengers films, the claws of the Black Panther, letting them try it on. Maybe you've read how he formed a bond with two young patients. How he broke down when he heard they died before the film they wanted to see had come out. But you don't know why, and you don't know why he's sometimes not there on set for this film. Why he looks tired sometimes. Why he has massages and rests and days off when there's not much planned. No one knows. Not the directors, the actors, the scriptwriters. Not the money men, not the celebrity reporters not the critics, not the fans. We'll only find out at the end when a tweet comes out from his account in August 2020 and tells you this man, 43 years old, just getting started, has died of cancer. We'll only find out then it's been going on for four years, that He's been having treatment all that time. Chemotherapy, surgery. Hopeful at the start, stoic as it fails to work. Private in the final days. Here in Anderson, many are looking for ways to honor Chadwick Bozeman. So there's an online petition to remove the Confederate statue and replace it with a statue honoring Chadwick Bozeman. So there's Boseman shock when you hear, shock before the grief, because no one's seen this coming. Shock in a year when two other African-American stars have also gone in sudden tragedies. Basketball star Colby Bryant in a helicopter crash in January. Actor Naya Rivera drowning in a lake while swimming with her young son. The language doesn't work for things like this. That tweet when Chadwick Boseman's family announces death? It's the most liked tweet in history. That's how it gets described. Because social media doesn't have a grief function, a shock button. Six million likes in 24 hours when everyone hates it. And you can feel the disbelief rolling around the world. America Black Panther star Chadwick Grossman. The devastation. A man who built a career playing African American icons and pioneers has become one himself. Their shock, it ends like this. But then the story of Chadwick Boseman is all about shock. Not just the way it closes, but that it could ever happen at all. Because Chadwick Boseman is not meant to be a film star. People like him, where he's from, how he is, what drives him, are not meant to make it. There's no glamour how he grows up. His mum's a nurse, his dad holds down two jobs, does a lot of night shifts to keep the family going. The town? That's a place called Anderson, South Carolina. Not big, not small. Four hours from the coast, a long drive to the mountains. It's in between places you've heard of, quiet most of the time. He's got two older brothers, Chadwick wants to beat the older one when they play basketball in the yard, wants to dress better than the middle one. The eldest one is about a higher power. He'll become a preacher when he's grown. So it's the middle one who first shows Chadwick a way out. Kevin wants to be a dancer in a town where boys aren't dancers. What is that? That's what the parents say when they first hear. But they support Kevin and Chadwick goes to watch. The rehearsals, the shows. Stands in the wings and looks at the bright lights, the performance. Chadwick's the quiet one. Likes drawing. Likes shooting hoops. He watches and he learns. And he starts to think. He's in his junior year at high school when a kid on his basketball team is shot and killed. How does he cope? He thinks about his brother, and he writes a play about it. He stages it at their school, and as he tells the story, trying to find meaning in the recent past, he sees an alternative future. I just had a feeling that this was something that was calling me. That's what he'll say later. Suddenly, playing basketball wasn't as important. So when he goes to college, it's an art course he does, not a sports one. He goes to Howard, a university with a proud African-American history, reading about black icons, black pioneers, John Coltrane, James Baldwin, the original Black Panthers, the protesters, the politicians, Huey Newton, Bobby Seale. To earn money, he teaches acting classes in Harlem, He gets a place on a theatre course one summer at Oxford University, can't afford to go, and then finds out someone's paid, someone his tutor knows. Doesn't know then that it's Denzel Washington, but he remembers it when he does, how it felt, what it did for him. And it's a struggle the next few years. He moves to Brooklyn, sits in coffee shops writing plays, making one Americano last all day. There's hip-hop in his plays, African theology, new influences on old art form. But the world around him moves slowly. When he gets a part in a TV soap opera, he looks at the script, sees that his character's mum is a junkie, and his dad's abandoned them. He thinks, that's not backstory. That's not character development. That's stereotyping. That's lazy. That's helping no one. So he speaks to the producers. Why are we doing this? Could we change it up? Can I riff this? And he's sacked. That's how they deal with it. Recast his part. Give it to someone else. So this is where we need to talk about numbers, movie history, representation, Here's the three biggest movies in the US in 1976, the year Chadwick's born Rocky, A Star is Born, yep, another version. King Kong. Three films, two stories about white people, one about a gorilla. White stars Sylvester Stallone, Chris Christofferson, Jeff Bridges. These are the highest grossing movie stars in 1986, when Chadwick turns 10. Steve Guttenberg, Tom Hanks, Chevy Chase. Eddie Murphy's 12th on the list. He's the only African-American in the top 50. 1996, the year Chadwick turns 20. Your highest-grossing US stars are Jim Carrey, Mel Gibson, and John Travolta. Now it's Denzel, who's the only African-American in the top 20. 2006, when Chadwick's 30 years old, still looking for his breakthrough movie role. It's Ben Stiller, Matt Damon and Vince Vaughn. Two African-American men in the top 10, Jamie Foxx and Will Smith. That's how things have been. That's how slowly change is happening. It's 2016, before Black Panther. And Chadwick is making waves, showing what he can do when he can. He's in a movie called Gods of Egypt. It's not one to watch back, but it's unforgettable too. Four of these African gods are played by white Australians. Another's played by a man from Scotland, another by a guy from Denmark. Chadwick's the only black lead, says he takes the part so there's at least one star with actual African descent. Says afterwards, yeah. People don't make $140 million movies starring black and brown people. This is how it's been, how it might be for a long time. He remembers the insults as a kid, seeing the trucks flying Confederate flags on his way to school, being run off the road by a redneck, being called the N-word. So he starts speaking out about it. Asks about the backstories, says it how it is, Very often, the humanity for black characters is not there. That's one line. Here's another. Every year, agents fly to Australia to find the next great white actor. But where are they taking 14-hour flights to find the next black person? And he realises, as he makes his films, as he goes for big roles, all the stuff that's changed, All the stuff that hasn't. The stuff he knows, but not all of us do. The odds against you. The numbers. If you have 15 shots, I got three. That's what he realises. If you have nine chances to mess up, I have one. So that's the numbers. Here's the stuff you can't sum up in stats. Because Chadwick, when you see him in films, has that thing, that movie star presence. He takes up the screen when you're in the cinema. You go with him when he goes places, when he cries, when he laughs, when he's angry. You believe in what you see. The biopic about Jackie Robinson is called 42, named after Robinson's jersey number all about the first black athlete to play Major League Baseball. The director doesn't care that Chadwick's not a big name yet. He watches his audition and thinks, this man's got something. Like Clint Eastwood, like Gene Hackman. It's the way he carries himself, the director tells the writer. His stillness, you just have that feeling you're around a strong person. Actors work in different ways, different methods for digging out the truth in a character, the stuff that brings them to life. Chadwick, he thinks about their past, their fears, their failures, their flaws. In 42, he digs into the years when Robinson plays in what they called the Negro Leagues, finds the anger, the fire, When he plays James Brown, he has this thought in his head. You're a strong black man in a world that conflicts with that strength, that really doesn't want you to be great. So what makes you the one who's going to stand tall? And it's always subtle with Chadwick. When you watch him as James Brown, he's not doing an impersonation, not changing him into something else. It's all empathy, all nuance. Like, he's showing you what Brown really thinks, but just can't say. And then he comes to Black Panther. If you're not into superheroes, the Marvel Universe, here's what you need to know. The Panther's been around since 1966. That's when Stan Lee first features him in a comic book. But it's 50 years till he makes it into a film when he appears in Captain America Civil War. By day, He's T'Challa, king of a fictional African nation called Wakanda. The Wakandans aren't like the Africans in Gods of Egypt. They're the most technologically advanced people in the world. Black Panther, that's T'Challa by night, when he's needed. Superhuman powers, speed, strength, brilliant at hand-to-hand combat, brilliant full stop. Oh yeah, and a vibranium suit. And Vibranium kicks ass. Chadwick gets the detail. He gets the bigger picture. This is the world's first African superhero movie. So he goes to South Africa, learns some of the Koza language. He reads speeches by Nelson Mandela, listens to songs by Nigerian Afrobeat legend Fela Kuti. He trains in African martial arts like dambé boxing and Zulu stick fighting that's not all, the cast is mainly black too. Angela Bassett, Michael B. Jordan, Forrest Whitaker, Lupita Nyong'o, the directors black, the writers black, there's black production designers, black costume designers. Remember all those numbers? The reasons why this couldn't be? Here's some more. When it comes out, Black Panther grosses more than $1.3 billion worldwide. It's the highest grossing solo superhero film ever. It's the ninth highest grossing film of all time. Here's a load more. It wins three Oscars, a BAFTA, three Critics' Choice Movie Awards, two Grammys, two People's Choice Awards, two Screen Actors Guild Awards. There's others, but here's something else. Not stats, not awards but on the ground. Community groups rent out entire cinemas to put on screenings. There's these huge crowdfunding campaigns to buy cinema tickets for black kids who can't afford to go. They raise almost half a million dollars. Sometimes the world changes slowly. Sometimes it changes fast. There's so much Chadwick Boseman has done, so much he still has to do. There'll be a Black Panther sequel, of course there will, with those numbers, that impact. There's the stuff he's already got in the can, the film with Spike Lee, the Five Bloods, about the mates going back to Vietnam all these years on. The part T'Challa will play in Avengers Endgame, the obvious stuff, the stuff that used to be hidden away, Chadwick says something in an interview. There's a plethora of stories in our culture that haven't been told because Hollywood didn't believe they were viable. So we're back on a film set, props being wheeled around, cameras on booms, on tracks. People everywhere, noise and lights, shouts and bursts of clapping. This is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. About a legendary blues singer. About the 1920s, the mean streets of Chicago. About racism and discrimination. About then and now. It's directed by George C. Wolfe, an African-American man. It's based on a play by August Wilson, maybe the greatest African-American playwright of the last 50 years. It stars Viola Davis, daughter of a civil rights activist, first black actor to win an Oscar, an Emmy and a Tony Award. The producer, that's Denzel Washington. Back in our story, back in Chadwick's life. Chadwick, he's 43 now. Not at his peak, not yet. Still just getting started. He plays a trumpeter, a wild man, a passionate man, troubled for sure, but a genius too. They shoot scenes and they re-cut scenes and they improvise. And no one knows that he's got less than two months to live when they start filming. That he's got less than 12 days when they rap. The world knows his face, they know his work, His name makes pictures, brings in the money, brings in the crowds. But they don't know what's deep inside. Why he's sometimes not there on set. Why he looks tired sometimes. Why he has massages and rests and days off when there's not much planned. There is no future with this colon cancer. The chemotherapy, the surgeries, they haven't done enough. So the film wraps and everyone says goodbye. Except they don't. Not really. They say, see you next time. They say, see you soon. Speak next week, yeah? I'll call you. Remember his big brother, the preacher? See, it was the middle brother who showed Chadwick the way in, the performance, the dancing, the other future. Now it's the older brother who shows him the way out. It's the two of them talking the night before he dies. And Chadwick looks at his big brother and says, I'm in the fourth quarter, and I need you to get me out the game. And when he hears that, his brother changes his prayer. No more God heal him, God save him. Now he says, God let your will be done. The next day, that tweet. The millions of likes. Shock for those who knew him as a movie star. Shock for those who knew him as far more. The director of Black Panther releases a statement, writes, He was an epic firework display. Writes, I will tell stories about being there for some of the brilliant sparks till the end of my days. Viola Davis, the Ma in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, she says, Chadwick, No words express my devastation of losing you." There's Bernice King, youngest daughter of Martin Luther King. She says, We never know what people are enduring. Thank you Chadwick for gifting us with your greatness in the midst of a painful struggle. There's Barack Obama. He says, You could tell right away he was blessed. To be young, gifted and black to use that power to give them heroes to look up to, to do it all while in pain. What a use of his years. A man who built on a career playing African-American icons and pioneers, being mourned by pioneers and icons. So the story of Chadwick Boseman is all about shock, not just the way it closes, but that it could ever happen at all. But there's more too, because it's not the end, not really. There's the Oscar nominations for him in Ma Rainey. You'll know, listening to this, if he won. There's the great ripples in the film industry from the impact he's made. And there's all those other kids who aren't supposed to make it. People like him, where he's from, how he is. The ones who might make it after all now. Well, I'll be... I didn't think I was going to have to speak. Uh. There's something Chadwick Boseman says when the cast of Black Panther win a big award in 2019. This is it. We know what it's like to be told there isn't a screen for you to be featured on, a stage for you to be featured on. We know what it's like to be beneath and not above And that is what we went to work with every day. We knew that we could create a world that exemplified a world we wanted to see. We knew that we had something to give. This episode of Death of a Film Star was written by Tom Fordyce and performed by me, Elroy Spoonface Powell's Spoon the Voice Guy. It was edited by Phil Brown. For research, we watched a lot of films, including 42, Get On Up, Black Panther and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. We used the archives of the BBC, The New York Times, Rolling Stone, The New Yorker, The Guardian and The Times. The music we used is from our partners BMG Production Music. If this is your first episode, go back and listen to our one about Heath Ledger, another extraordinary talent taken way too soon. And if you want another podcast to listen to, go and find our Death of a Sports Star series and start with the story of Colby Bryant. We'll have another Death of a Film Star next week. Wakanda Forever. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, Next Best Picture. for this upcoming award season race we hope that you will join us on all the various podcasting networks we look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com hey there i'm hannah and i'm audrey